You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books, Kitty Cornered and Slave by Ducks and Fall Weather. And I have to say that there is nothing foul about my guest today. Uh, not only is Ariel Wolf one of my best friends that I have never ever met, but she doesn't own any foul. Uh, no birds at all. Just dogs at the moment, I think, though you will find three cats and several mice in her brand new book about her dogs. And the book is called Circling the Wagons. It is from Barking Planet Productions. And she is either Care Ariel Wolf, Ariel Wolf, or as it says on the cover, C.A. Wolf. But the important thing is to remember how to spell her last name. It is W-U-L-F-F. And I think that is also how you spell the name that uh, (laughs) the sound a dog makes when it barks. So uh, welcome, Ariel. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, happy to have you. Say, you do lots of different things online. What I would like you to do before we get into the book is uh, tell me about some of the writing that you're doing, like for the examiner and about your blog and that kind of thing, so that people get a little bit of an idea of your background. Okay. I'm currently writing two columns for the examiner. One is a local column called the Cleveland Pets Examiner. And the other is a national column, which is where I review books that have animal themes. In addition to the examiner columns, I have a blog called Up on the Woof, where I share dog-related information and funny stories about dogs, and there's a lot of different subjects that I cover there. And I'm also writing, I'm a contributing editor of a site called Pet Pardons News, where I cover stories of animal abuse and animal welfare legislation. Okay, so that was Pet Pardons you were talking about, and what's that website? It's petpardons.com, and um, I'm writing, I'm a contributing editor of the news section. And your website, your Yellow Doggy website? Yellowdoggy.com, and that's spelled Y-E-L-O-D-O-G-G-I-E. Um, Yellow Doggy, besides the site being for my writing, it's for my artwork, and Yellow Doggy is my signature Yellow Dog character that I paint. And you are a fantastic artist. I've uh, gotten a couple uh, Christmas cards from you, and they are always the talk of everybody who comes to visit us because they are so amazing. Thanks, Bob. Uh, I want to talk about your book, and that is Circling the Wagons. Where is the best place for people to buy that? Uh, The best place is Amazon. It's available as a paperback and also on Kindle. Okay, and the subtitle is How Five Misfit Dogs Saved Me from Bewilderness. Right. Right. What does that mean? It means I was going through a particularly rough time in my life when I wrote the book, and 
these five crazy dogs that came into our home helped me get through that time. Uh, they're incredibly healing. And bewilderness, I know it's not a real word, it's a combination of bewildered and wilderness, which is pretty much where my state of mind was. <laughs> Yeah. I have to tell you how much I really love this book. Not only do I love the stories of the dogs and the other animals, but I'm really impressed by your writing. It, it is just wonderful. Thank you, Bob. If you were a detective writer, I would say you were in the hard-boiled style, and that's simply because it's kind of Dashiell Hammett-like. I read a lot of books where it seems like the author's just keep going on and on, piling descriptions and things like that. You are just masterful at picking the precise phrases to describe events that are going on. There's nothing really added or nothing superfluous about it. And it leads, leaves me wanting more in a really good way. It's not that I think anything is missing. It's just that it's just so evocative. And, and I, I don't know how you do it. I really salute you. It's, it's really beautiful. Thank you, Bob. I, I would say I would have to attribute any of that to the great education I got. Um, I have to thank the nuns at Daisy School oh. and, um, and the teachers at the Shaker Heights High School because they're the ones who really got me writing. I did not know that we both had a Catholic school background. Eight years. Oh, boy. <laughs> I went all the way from second grade through high school. Uh, Your book is really not sugar-coated at all as far as pet ownership. Would you agree with that? I would agree. I would say it is flinchingly honest. Yeah, it is. It is sort of a warts and all view of life with pets. Right. And I'm wondering why you decided to write a book that focuses as much on the efforts of keeping pets as it does on the rewards. Because that was my experience and because I see so many animals uh, come across my desk as I'm writing these stories of animal abuse where people just give up on them for the most ridiculous reasons. And when you take a pet, it's for the pet's life. It's not while well, it's convenient. So I felt like it was important to get that message out there that when you take on the responsibility, it's really a responsibility. And you can't just look at them like throwaway pets. Yeah, I'm amazed at the people who give pets away for the most ridiculous reasons. As you're saying, we got one of our cats from a woman who um, she'd had uh, Maynard for eight years, and she was about to get married, and her boyfriend said, oh, I don't like cats, so she dumped the cat. What kind of a reason is that? Yeah. And uh, you have great examples in your book of people who get dogs without thinking at all about what they're doing. Right. And then they're, you know, easy to um, just give up on them at all when the going gets a bit rough. Many of the pets in the book, as you know, are elderly pets with really special challenges. And uh, a lot of people, unfortunately, abandon pets when they become aged because they don't want to deal with all those problems. So a pet they've had for 10, 12 years suddenly finds himself in a pound somewhere. And to me, that is the biggest, biggest betrayal. Right. That's why we have taken some of our cats also, you know, the eight, nine-year-old cats, because uh, we found out that these cats were going to end up in the animal shelter. And it's bad enough for a puppy or a kitten to have that kind of uh, existence. But for an animal that's been in a house its whole life and has been pampered to some degree and then just to be abandoned like that, you know, it, it's really disgusting. I like the contrast in your book between... And I think that is sort of the lesson in the book between the people who are so casual about their pets 
and you and Darlene, who just give so much care, you, I mean, you really kind of go the extra extra mile. So was there sort of a intended message? It's, you know, like I said earlier, it's a responsibility. And if you're going to take it on, you have to really take it on. People don't give their children up. That's exactly the way dogs look at us. Animal behaviorists have said that we are not just the dog's pack. We are their family. And that's the way they see it. They, they're like in a... Dogs never fully mature the way wolves do. They stay like baby wolves, like cubs. So they need the parenting. They need that leadership. That's why, you know, abandoning them, even at the age of 12, it's like abandoning a kid. Well, let's talk about some of the dogs in the book. And um, since, since we're on the subject of people who um, are just kind of uh, abandoning the dogs, you, you want to talk about uh, some of the ones that you, you got in that way? Well, that's the way we got Lammy Lamb, who is a uh, Jack Russell Terrier. She had spent the first six years of her life in a home with a woman and uh, a litter mate. And the woman had health problems, uh, mental health problems, and couldn't, wasn't caring for the dogs anymore. And this was uh, someone who lived in my brother's apartment building, and he, his wife called me and told me the situation and asked if we could take her. They were trying to actually get someone to take both of the JRTs together, and we weren't able to at that time. We had a full house. We live in a really tiny log cabin and we were already packed to the gills but I found a home for them and with uh, one of Billion's co-workers and he had her and the litter mate for about two years before the male started having problems uh, medical problems and it became a very expensive endeavor for them and it kind of turned him off and then um, someone asked him to take a big dog and it was all about office politics and he took the big dog and then all of a sudden he started talking about how he didn't want this little Jack Russell anymore. So we took her, and she has been the funniest, most adorable addition to this pack. She keeps us laughing every day. I love the picture of her. With her uh, tongue out. With the tongue out. Is she the one that gets dressed in the baby clothes and passed back and forth? Yes. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> She's so adorable. When we first got her, we had to have some extensive dental work done because her teeth were rotted. And when the vet removed the teeth, it allowed her tongue to poke out all the time. So she has this adorable expression with her tongue poking out. Baleen and I started dressing her in these little baby onesies, <laughs> which is so silly. But she's such a cuddly little dog that we would put her in these onesies and we would rock her and, you know, cuddle her and pass her back and forth. <laughs> and it was like, you know, like two girls with a favorite doll. Right. And we'd have to laugh because she just soaked the whole thing up and just loved it. That brings me uh, something I want to point out, and that is we've been kind of serious, very serious about your book so far. I mean, we're making it sound like it's a, a very serious, if not kind of heavy book, but it is not. I laughed constantly through this book. It's very lighthearted. The pet personalities just sparkle, and there's really lots of uh, engaging and even funny stories in it. Yeah, the pets are pretty goofy. Oh my gosh, yes. We'll talk about Waldo in a second. We're um, just about at the point uh, where we're going to uh, break for a uh, word from the sponsor, but I want to get into Waldo because Waldo is the dog that opens the book and a dog that you do not like one bit at the beginning, and um, he, he, really, <laughs> he really surprises you. So uh, you are listening to What Were You Thinking?, my guest is Ariel Wolf, the author of the brand new book from Barking Planet Productions, Circling the Wagons, How Five Misfit Dogs Saved Me from Bewilderness, and we will be right back. 
What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus, free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Smith-Putnam, the host of the new and exciting show, Your Pets, My Dogs, here on Pet Life Radio. Your Pets, My Dogs will feature celebrity interviews, we'll talk to everyday pet owners, and more. Listen, I am here to entertain you each and every week, right here on Pet Life Radio. Again, that's Your Pets, My Dogs. I'm your host, Lisa Smith-Putnam. Your Pets, My Dogs. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys. Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, we're back with Ariel Wolf, author of Circling the Wagons, and let's talk a little bit about Waldo. Let's talk about at the beginning. It's such a funny scene at the beginning. What was your reaction to Waldo when you first met him, and what were the circumstances? For me, he was the puppy from hell. I guess I really wasn't ready for a puppy at the time. We had just lost some of our elderly pets, and um, Daylene was particularly missing her favorite dog. So when uh, a nephew told us about a litter of pups, we went to check it out because we knew that the ones that didn't find homes were going to end up in a very bad place. And there were eight puppies. Seven of them were milling around. One of them was hiding. And uh, the people who had the pups said, there's one more, but he always hides. And like right on cue, this dog came walking out, this puppy. And he was the most miserable-looking puppy in the universe. (laughs) 
he had all these wrinkles on his forehead, and he just had this miserable expression on his face. And Celine picked him up and said, oh, I just love him. He's adorable. And she handed him to me, and he stiffened his legs and pushed me away. <laughs> and you accuse her of wanting this dog. Oh, immediately she said, we'll take this one. <laughs> and you, what's so funny is you accuse her of wanting this dog precisely because she the dog like doesn't like you. Right. Right, because the dog that she was missing, her um, her troll was absolutely her dog, and uh, you know spent a lot of time biting me and and uh, being nasty to me. So she was definitely looking for a replacement. If people want to read about troll and about uh, your wonderful dog Dylan, where would they read about them? Uh, they can read about them in my first book, which is called Born Without a Tail. Yes, wonderful book. And where is that available? That's also available on Amazon. Okay, so. At the beginning, Waldo was certainly not your favorite. No, and he was, uh, I wasn't having any luck house training him, and we couldn't take him anywhere because he vomited every time he was in the car. It was just one mess after another, and I still had all these elderly pets who make their own messes, so it was a lot of extra work. Yeah. What was it that, um, I don't know if there was one particular incident, but when did it, uh, Waldo start <laughs> kind of turning the corner with you when you really started seeing him in a different light? Well, I'm not really sure when it happened, Bob. It kind of snuck up on me. Uh, he had so many things happen while he was maturing that were extraordinary. He saved one of our other dog's lives. He really has a thing for small dogs, and he's a giant. He's like 86 pounds now. And by the time he was even six months old, he was way bigger than our other dogs. But he just loves little dogs. And he figured out his own way to, to deal with them so they wouldn't be intimidated, which was extraordinary. I love that. Talk about that. That's That was so cool to read about. Well, we took him to a Halloween event where there were a lot of small dogs. Was this where they were dressed, dressed as lobsters? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the same year, but we went to like four different events. But this particular event, it was in Hudson, Ohio, and a, a lot of the people in Hudson have small dogs like pugs. It seems to be like Pug Valley. And Waldo loves little dogs because all of our other dogs are small, and he wanted to be friends with all of them. He didn't care about the other big dogs. He wanted to go up and greet all the little ones, but they were really intimidated, and they would back away from him, and he could sense that. And just on his own, he figured out that if he laid down on the ground, he was on their level, and he could crawl up to them, and they would not be intimidated. That is so smart because that's something people could take a tip from with animals a lot, I think. Right? I mean, I don't know if it works for dogs, but when we had a rabbit once, the rabbit was intimidated by me because we um, had just gotten her, and I found myself laying down on the floor, and then finally the rabbit would hop up to me. And it, it, took, me a, it took me a while to figure this out. So I think that was, that was um, awfully darn smart of Waldo. You know, you might not know this, Bob, but sometimes a dog will get away from, from an owner and be running around, and they're trying to catch him, and they're chasing the dog, and the dog just thinks that's a great big game. But if the owner sits down on the ground, the dog sees that as an invitation to play and will come to you. Really? Yeah. So when, if your dog gets loose, you don't ever chase it. Your best bet is to call its name, sit on the ground, and it usually solves the problem. Wow. Unless you have one of those dogs that just runs for two miles. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, And then there was another point you were talking about, a game with a ball that Waldo was playing. Waldo taught himself how to bounce the tennis ball and catch it on the bounce. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. 
So he could... Uh, Play with himself. Right. Did he still want um, people involved, or would he just entertain? He does, but... Um, oh, yeah, he loves to chase it. He doesn't just want to chase it. He wants to jump in the air and spin around and catch it when it's, you know, when just all his feet are off the ground. But um, when he's playing in the house, he discovered that if he dropped the ball, it would bounce and he could catch it and he could add to his play that way. Yeah. So you have decided that... He actually is kind of a dog genius. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it really a, surprised me because at the beginning he was—he uh, just could not get anything. I love the photo of him in in the bookmark that you gave me. Oh, the goofy photo. The goofy photo. It just looks like a dog I want to meet right away. Now there's another dog that you have that's a little bit of a contrast in the uh, gray matter department. Oh, Rocket Boy. <laughs> Rocket Boy. Yeah, poor Rocket. He was abused as a very small puppy five weeks old some children were playing with him and um they i don't know what possessed them to do this but they threw him up in the air and let him hit the ground and they did that a couple of times until he he passed out he had a seizure and they really thought that he was going to die but it may have scrambled his brains a little bit because he's the most unique little guy ever it took us more than a year to house train him because he just couldn't make the connection and He's not definitely not like the other dogs, but he has his own personality and his own special traits that make him completely lovable. Yeah. And how did he and Waldo get along? From day one, they got along like they have known each other forever. Waldo was, when we met the puppy, Waldo was chewing on a, on a rawhide, and the little puppy just ran <laughs> right up to him and took it out of his mouth. <laughs> and that was okay with Waldo? It was okay with Waldo. We, we were all a little worried when that happened, but he just thought the puppy was the neatest thing he had ever seen. Why don't you describe both the dogs a little bit, just in their physical looks? Okay. Waldo is uh, 85 pounds, 86 pounds, somewhere around there. He kind of looks like a Great Dane, but he's actually a boxer golden mix. So he's very tall and uh, gorgeous, really. He turned into a gorgeous dog. And Rocket Boy is a little Shichi. He's a Shih Tzu Chihuahua mix. He's fluffy looking. <laughs> He's small, short, long. So they are a study in contrast. Now, how did Rocket Boy get his name? Well, from the children throwing him in the air, we figured that was two unexpected flights. Oh, I thought it was because he just zipped around all the time. Oh, that too. Those two things. Yeah. Has he calmed down a bit? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I, I'm having some trouble with him right now because he's become a garter. He guards Delene. And if she's in her chair in her recliner he lays on the foot of the recliner and he won't let anybody come near her oh and if any of the dogs come near he's like snapping at them he doesn't snap at me so much he only does that when she's sleeping he guards her when she's sleeping oh i can't even talk when she's sleeping <laughs> he goes nuts i thought lammy lamb was the real possessive dog she is possessive over things not over people so she guards toys and her food dish and things like that but she you know Everybody's okay with her. Isn't Lammy Lamb the one who will, uh, I think you write about giving her some food, and no one is even interested in the food. Right. But she, but she's guarding it like it's uh, the most precious thing on earth, and she's in danger any moment of uh, somebody. Up. It, right. <laughs> is she still doing that? She has actually, the past couple of years, she has stopped doing that because she's 15 now. Okay. So she is really up there, and she's kind of out there, too. You guys, you, you just do great in keeping your animals 
not just alive, but alive and healthy for long, long time. You're a wonderful dog. Dylan lived to be 20. Right. That's just amazing. Yeah, all of our dogs and cats even end up living way longer than their normal lifespan. Yeah. Now, which is the dog? Is it Rocket Boy or is it Taco who likes to bark right in another dog's ear? Oh, that's Rocket. <laughs> What's that all about? I have no idea what that's all about. But he and he only does it to Taco. And he just, if I take him out and bring him in, he runs up to her and starts barking in her ear. And he'll put his mouth all the way in her ear. <laughs> it, it made me almost wonder if, if she could be partly deaf or something to put up with that. But she isn't, is she? No, she's not. She, she may end up from that. <laughs> but she puts up with that? She does. So I don't know which one's crazier. Yeah. Well, since I brought up Taco, you, you want to talk about her a little bit. Um, Taco came to us. She's uh, one of the dogs in our home that had, had two homes before she came to us. The first home gave her up because she barked too much. Uh, the second home gave her up because they couldn't house train her. But they never took her out, so it's kind of hard to house train a dog you don't take out. So we ended up with her, and she is just a wonderful, affectionate little dog. She's out of all of out of all of them. She is the perfect dog. You know, she's the best behaved. When we leave the house, she's in charge. Is, is she a Chihuahua? She is a long-haired Chihuahua. And who am I forgetting? Because I know there's five. You're forgetting Maria. Yeah, talk about her a little bit. Okay, Maria. Again, we were actually I think we're her fourth home. Oh boy. And she went through all those homes within the first six months of her life. So, Good but, grief. and then by the time we got her, Bob, no one had even vaccinated her. Oh. But she, um, she's like a little spark that runs through our pack. All the other dogs love her. She wants to belong. She does everything she can to insinuate herself in every, every situation. Jillian kind of treats her like a red-haired stepchild because she's a whiner. And um, Jillian doesn't, you know, care for dogs that do a lot of whining. But, you know, on the other hand, she... When nobody's looking, Daily's cuddling her. And her so. <laughs> Isn't Maria the dog that um, likes Daleen a lot, but doesn't seem quite that attached to you, or am I am I thinking one of the others? No, that's Taco. That's Taco. Taco. The sun rises and sets on Daleen's face for Taco. Right. But um, Daleen's really all about her two boys, about Waldo and Rocket. I love the image about Waldo playing by getting... He goes under, is it he goes under the fitted sheet? Oh, he, yes. He, he burrows <laughs> under the sheet on the bed. And, and he's playing with one playing of the... Playing with Rocket. Yeah. He gets under the sheet, and so it, he's a big dog. All right, so if you could picture a fitted sheet with this huge lump under it. I can't. <laughs> he gets under there, so he's just a blob, and then he starts making this really funny whiny baby sound to get Rocket to bite him and jump on him. Didn't you say you describe it kind of as him saying, I'm just a little dog? Yeah, I'm just a little dog like you. <laughs> and Rocket jumps on him and they bite each other through the sheet and they have a good time. Wow. Now, I kept wanting to tell myself that you guys must live in a really big place to have five dogs, but that's not true, is no, it? No, it's not true. We live in a three-room log cabin, so it's a lot of legs in a small space. Yeah, especially when you're trying to sleep at night. I love those descriptions, too. You, you want to talk about uh, typically how you find yourself in the middle of the night in terms of dogs? Well, it depends if I'm on the couch or if I'm on uh, the army cot I sleep on. I sleep on one or the other. On the sofa, I usually end up with three dogs during the night, 
unless it's storming, then Waldo gets on the couch with me too because he's afraid of storms. When I'm in the cot, I could end up with four dogs with me. Wow. And if Daylene's up, sometimes it's all five. Wow. You know, she's, she's up sometimes watching TV, and I'm in, I'm in bed, and I've got all five of them crammed on that cot with me. Well, just Waldo would be enough. Yeah, he when he was a little bit younger, he would stretch out next to me. Now he's too big for that, so he curls at the foot. <laughs> well, believe it or not, we are running out of time. So, here, I thought we were going to talk about mice, Bob. <laughs> oh, I know it. I, I, let's give your contact information again. and Well, all of it. The wonderful book. Uh, I'm glad we got to the fun of it, um, Circling the Wagons, because it is such a fun and enjoyable book. Um, How Five Misfit Dogs Saved Me from Bewilderness. And again, that's uh, available from Amazon. And I'm talking to Care Ariel Wolf, W-U-L-F-F. And your website? My website is yellowdoggy.com, Y-E-L-O-D-O-G-G-I-E.com. Do you have links to your um, examiner and pet pardons? Yeah, I have links to everything from my website. Yeah, so that's a good place for people to go is to your website and learn all about you. I can't encourage people enough. Now, you you said you don't trust people who don't love dogs. I don't trust people who don't like dogs. Okay. Because there's a big... Because uh, <laughs> I don't have dogs. I know, but you don't dislike them. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I just don't have any. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm with you. I feel that way about pets. I, I feel that way that I don't trust people who don't like animals. Right. I just, I don't get it. Something's, something's missing. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks so much for being my guest, and I hope everybody gets this wonderful book. Bob, let me just mention one more time that I have a blog up on the Wolf, and that is thewolf.wordpress.com, or if you just Google up on the Wolf, W-O-O-F, it comes right up. Cool. And also from your website, people can find that. Right. Okay. Well, thanks so much, and I would like to thank my producer, Mark Winter, at PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can email me at Bob at PetLifeRadio.com. And uh, don't forget my books, Enslaved by Ducks, my brand-new book, Kitty Cornered, about uh, life with six cats in a small house. They're not quite as small as Ariel's house. And uh, Fall Weather, and my website is BobTart.com. So that's all for this installment, and uh, thanks so much. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart. Every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.